Welcome to Drinks in the Library, the only library where drinks aren't just allowed, they are required. I'm your librarian host, Gigi Howard, and each episode I'll be interviewing a guest about a much-loved book that we will be pairing with a drink for you to enjoy along with us or consider for your next book club meetup. As always, stay curious and support your local library. It's just, let's see, is this, okay, so this is back in. It's just, it's like coming in really quiet. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I think we have to talk directly into the mics. (laughs) And I have this thing. I don't know if I ever told you, I used to do, I don't know if it's called voiceovers or, um, so have you ever heard of Every Library? They're like the. Sure haven't. No, no, teach me. Well, I'm friends. I'm actually friends with um, like the founders of it, so that's how I got involved. But they're like the like a pack. Like a, I don't know if it's called a super pack. I don't know all the ins and outs of politics. Oh, a pack. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they are super. So I'll just call them a super pack um, yeah. for libraries. And yeah. um, they had like some kind of campaigning training that they did, and they were like, they asked me to do the voiceover. So they sent me all this stuff, wow. and I still have it. Whoop. And um, so I had a little experience, but not really enough to get me going, like off and running with this podcast. Never so. knew this. My my best friend here in <laughs> Richmond is a celebrity. Yeah, <laughs> in the library world. Uh, uh well, um, I don't even know if they still use that training. But anyway, it was a fun time. So, um. We're here today. I'm here with one of my very best friends, Kara Kuthin. Hi. Hello. And we are going, what book are we going to be discussing? So today we are going to be discussing my all-time favorite book, mm-hmm. Man's Search for Meaning. And I have a copy here. Do you want it? Thank you. Yes. Okay. Um, wonderful. All right. <laughs> so I guess we should tell everybody so every time we have we do a pod, um, we pair it with a drink, and um, we had some trouble picking a drink for this book. And why was yes. that? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, well, I, I guess just to uh, let you know, there's lots of descriptions of life in Nazi death camps. Mm-hmm. But you know, the the beautiful thing that's blossomed from this is its lessons for spiritual survival. Mm. Um, Viktor Frankl was an Austrian psychiatrist, uh, Jewish, who was taken to the concentration camps along with his entire family. Mm -hmm. Um, And so during that time, he had everything stripped away from him Mm -hmm. and went through this spiritual process as to what is the one thing they cannot take. Yeah. And that's the takeaway from the book. So it's like a heavy, very heavy content. Very heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, very heavy. I think it's it's very it's very life changing to yeah. an extent. Yeah. Well, that's I read it this year after you recommended it to me. Mm-hmm. So I know you read it quite a while ago. Yes. Um, and so, but just to so we had a just to get to the drink real mm-hmm. quick. So we had a, <laughs> oh yes, thanks. And so. Um, we just thought we would do an homage to 
Dr. Frankel, um, mm-hmm. and we picked a um, Austrian rosé, and it is here. Like I've yes, the, I've got the bottle right here. Precht, uh, Precht. It's from Nieder Österreich. Pull out a little bit of my Deutsche. Love it. Uh huh. And it's a rosé. And I will put the I'll put some info about it in the show notes. Um, uh, so anyway, so I just read it this, this year. Who were you yeah. when you read this book? When I read this book, I was a junior in high school. In, not in high school. Uh-huh. A junior in college taking psychology of religion. Oh. Yes. Okay. Uh, so I'm putting it all so the psychology of religion. Yeah. So, uh, but this is I, not a religious book. It's a spiritual no. Book. It's a spiritual book. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. So, uh, psychology of religion was a fascinating course. We looked at all the world's religions, looked at those spiritual paths, and then at the end, our assignment was to uh, write about our own personal spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. If it what we have gone through that has uh, helped us to to get to our path towards God or maybe away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, very interesting. And, and and when I use the word God, I'm I'm just talking about a overall spiritual being. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we went through that project, there was a huge list of different books that we could choose from and tie into our uh, personal stories. Okay. So my personal story was about my car accident that I had been involved in two years prior. Right, when you um, were 19, 20? I was 18 when 18. I actually got in the accident. Okay. Uh, I came out of my coma the day before I turned 19. Mm. Um, I, you know, I it's it's surreal to talk about it because I don't remember any of it. It it feels like a narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, How but long were you in your coma? I was in my coma for four days, mm. and and then I came out of my coma and found out I had what was known as a traumatic brain injury. Um, you know, there was question as to if I was going to be able to use my left side or if I would be hemiplegic or you know paraplegic Mm -hmm. uh but those first four days there was question as to if i would even survive Mm -hmm. um i had to be tubed and was not eating i am so grateful i did not have to undergo surgery um i've heard so many miraculous stories of this time that Mm -hmm. they were going to wheel me into the or and they said, unless you can raise two fingers. And I raised my two pinky fingers. And the OR nurse said, that's all I need. We don't have to do this. And, you know, I my parents, um, very spiritual, actually had our minister come in, pray over uh, me. Anytime my family or friends would come visit, they would say, this is still Kara. It doesn't look like Kara, but talk to her. Let her know, like she's uh, hearing. Things. Of course, I'm like tearing up. I know. About this. I so know. Sweet. My parents. It's gotta be. I just think about your parents I, and how hard that was. Now probably. that I'm a mother, I just I tear up thinking about it. Right. Like, you know, for better or worse, what our what our parents have, you know, and for me personally, like my parents aren't perfect, but to think of what they did, my mom stayed with me every single night. Yeah. My dad came to visit me every single day. Oh. Um, they are just so 
and they were just so amazing. They're like, this is Kara. This is who she is. They made sure they put pictures all over the place and made sure when my friends came in, they would talk to me. They would write their letters to me. They would, people that would call, they would put the phone right up to me. And um, even when I was out of the coma, I had what's known as post-traumatic amnesia. Oh. So I don't remember anything. Okay. My first actual memory is waking up and having to go pee because I was a 19 year old and I, I woke up and then I looked around I realized I was not in my bed but I was like I've got to go pee and I tried to move and my mom was asleep in a recliner chair next to me and she was like Kara you can't do that stay there let me go get your wheelchair okay in my 19 year old brain I'm like what is she talking about my last memory was going out to uh, dinner with my best friend and then like begging her to go to my boyfriend's house to say goodnight to him. <laughs> is that where, is that when you got in the car accident? Was I did not night? get in the car accident until the following morning when an F-350 truck ran a red light and uh -huh. I was going to college, to community college at the time. Uh -huh. um, but I just, my, my brain, you know, the brain is amazing. It, it protected me and I have no recollection of that oh my gosh uh so so it was uh just the whole experience learning i was at this hospital learning that i'd had this go my parents had to repeat every single day that i was going through this um but what i saw with my parents and, and what i think was such a huge part of how i got through this was was their attitudes their positivity this is what happened but you have a choice mm -hmm. and that was something that my dad would repeat to me is don't don't ask yourself why. Ask yourself what you're going to do about it now. And so through, through that process, when I was in the hospital, um, you know, my mom would push me around in the wheelchair. And there was the, this huge hall called the Hall of Fame of different, uh, different people that have undergone a, a spinal cord injury or traumatic brain injury. And, yeah. and with those limitations, learn to live with them and to persevere. Mm -hmm. And my mom uh, said to me, Kara, look, when you graduate from Texas A&M, you can have a picture of yourself up there. And I turned around and I looked at her and I said, no, mom, I'm going to be a doctor. Oh. And my mom started crying because that morning I'd had neuropsychological testing that showed that I was at a fourth grade reading level. Oh. And I'm really, really proud to say that there is actually a picture of me getting my medical degree oh. when I graduated as a doctor mm -hmm. um that was something that was given to me and now that is hanging there for all Aww. of eternity <laughs> <laughs> we gotta go see it. going down to tier <laughs> down in Houston let's go to Houston H-Town uh, so okay so now I'm seeing like some of the stuff you were saying like your dad and your mom were telling you kind of yeah the choice that yeah you exactly mm -hmm. and so whenever I wrote this and was like this helped me because I think after my first year of college I was questioning things I you know was like okay is God real the way that I was raised uh unity church I often was told that's not really Christianity or that's not really uh -huh. you know a church and so questioning that and then having that experience and I'm like no there is something bigger than science that has helped me to get through this and um you know trying to determine what that is mm -hmm. was was a lot of what I wrote about but this book 
came so far in line, I mean, parallel to me to a certain extent. Not to say, please, please note, not to compare traffic and a car accident in Houston, Texas, anywhere near the Holocaust. Right. But knowing what it is to suffer, to go through something Mm -hmm. and to almost have your life taken away and Mm -hmm. have having many other things taken uh, because, you know, there are things that I still am no longer able to do and and I have to accept those limitations. Mm -hmm. Um, But also know I make a choice on if I let that hold me back. Right. Wow. Well, that's very powerful. <laughs> that's definitely <laughs> powerful. Here, let's take a sip. What do we think of the rosé? Very good. I'm actually like really feeling this. I'm a fan. Um, I love the wine. What are our it. notes here? I would say, do you, what kind of, like a little fruity? Mm-hmm. It's fruity, but it's not too sweet. No, um, no it's not. It's, it's delish. Mm-hmm. They have a little strawberry. Yes. You think there's citrus in there? Mm-hmm. I feel like there is a little citrus too. But yeah, and it's like a really nice color. It's a very nice pink rose. I always am like with rose, I either like it like this or I think it I say it tastes like feet. <laughs> Have feet. You ever- <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had a rose and you're like, it's this tastes like feet? You should save that type of rose for um when a guest comes on and talks about the foot book. Oh yeah. Wh- which is a, a fan favorite at my household. Oh, okay. Maybe we'll have Bridget come on. <laughs> Br- Lena. <laughs> These are Kara's uh what, seven and four year old daughters. Yeah. We are not promoting uh alcohol consumption by minors <laughs> let me just put that out there I know, yeah you know you're right yeah 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 but uh but yeah no I was in like a wine class last week and she's like you know sometimes rosés are just kind of funky and I was like that's what it that's what you're calling what I call feet <laughs> <laughs> so but Love this it. is not a foot rosé so um I'm loving it so mm-hmm. um Yes. Let's talk about the book a little bit more. Sure. Um, so this book, and I also am a big fan. So it's obviously it's nonfiction. So yes. Is that so? You read it for school. Is that something you read a lot? Or uh, I do actually. Mm-hmm. I have also become very fond of Audible and recognize that um, my I. I do best with my nonfiction books if I listen to them mm-hmm. and then I can be going for a walk or if I'm in the car. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking it in versus when I'm reading. I typically have the opportunity to do that at nighttime. Right. Great way to, to get yeah. on a good sleep hygiene pattern. Mm-hmm. And I end up kind of falling asleep mid-sentence at times mm-hmm. or just getting through a few pages. So I, I reserve my fiction books for that. Okay. Well, let's also, can we talk a little bit about who you are? So like you are a very busy person. Yes. Um, yeah. So so I am actually a psychiatrist mm-hmm. uh, like Dr. Frankel. Mm-hmm. Maybe why I was so uh, drawn to him. Though I must admit, I was not expecting to go into psychiatry when I initially read this book. I was looking at PMNR, which is physical medicine and rehabilitation, mm-hmm. which is the type of doctor that cared for me right. after my brain injury and, and was really my inspiration, a big part of it as to why I wanted to go into medical school. Uh-huh. Um, very calming demeanor. People said he was like 
the Buddha of the wards because he was just so calm, oh. meditated, just like didn't make me feel like uh, like a symptom, but actually like a person, which I appreciated. And mm-hmm. um, sadly, in the medical society, isn't always something seen. So uh, when I did get into medical school and then I looked at PM&R and realized this isn't really fitting with, with who I am and what I want to do, I had a, a really inspirational uh, mentor or, or facilitator for one of my groups say, you need to go into psychiatry. I can see you in this. This is going to mm-hmm. fit. And I was a, at first resistant, but she was persistent. And, and then I went into my rotation for psychiatry and I was like, why am I denying this? Like, this mm-hmm. is such a, this is exactly what I want. And through that, I decided I wanted to do neuropsychiatry, focusing more on traumatic brain injury to work with individuals that had gone through similar things to what I'd been through. Um, I recognized in a lot of the work that I was doing in just different research groups. And uh, I, I became very involved in the hospital that I was actually part of and got to, initially I was a subject. Then I became a facilitator and I would start helping with these research projects. So many of the people sitting around the table were so depressed and they, a lot of it is, I used to be this way. This thing happened to me. This is who I am now. And it defined them. And, and with that comes depression and anxiety. Besides the fact that if your brain just gets rattled up, uh, your frontal lobe gets affected most, and that is where depression and anxiety lives. We're getting science is coming getting at you. Deep. <laughs> yes, yeah. dropping some science on you. Um, uh-huh. But taking it back a, a step, uh-huh. I, I recognize that in people, and I and I thought about my own struggles, how hard it is to go from maybe looking the same from outward appearance, but knowing internally things have changed, knowing my Cognition is a little bit slower, knowing that my memory isn't as keen. I have word finding difficulties. Um, for me personally, I am prone to migraine headaches. I do tend to drag my left side a little bit more. Um, Couldn't tell. I have worked very hard, yeah, very hard at this. Uh, you look great. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, podcasters. You can't get a glimpse at me. <laughs> But, uh, we'll add in like a visual. <laughs> I will love that. Walking. <laughs> <See> here. <laughs> Look at all these hours of PT. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, Shout out to PT. It is yes. wonderful. I, you know, yes. I had surgery this year. Yes. Phew. It is rough. And I just lost right? my knee. <laughs> but exactly. I mean, yeah. but we all go through these, these struggles mm-hmm. and it's like until you're actually go experiencing it you right. don't you don't know you have no idea no I mean idea. that's why it's so important to like have I mean even if you've never been in this situation with someone I've just learned to be a lot more thoughtful when I'm interacting with people about like trying to understand where they're coming from because until you actually go through someone else's struggle um so true. Uh, you just have no idea. So true. And, and and a lot of it also has to do with the experiences that we have already gone through right. prior to when you've seen that person, right? right. Yeah. Um and and so yeah, I could talk on forever about that, but I, I do <laughs> I don't want to get too sidetracked here. Yeah. <laughs> so you may need to reel me back no, in. No, no, I love it. I love like I mean, I, I think we're we're staying, we're hovering around the subject of the book. I mean, clearly the book is about his experiences yeah. in these different camps that yeah. he was in. 
losing i think he lost his entire family right he lost his entire family and at the one point that so sad his wife oh oh it's horrible yeah i mean it's it's hard for us to even imagine absolutely that but you know he had hidden his manuscript his life's work within the pocket of his the inner pocket i think it was of his uh jacket well the nazis found that and burned that right in front of him and this is years and years of work yeah and it just crushed him and i think you know at that point i can recall in the book that was like his breaking point and he was like they can take all of this from me but they cannot take my attitude right they cannot take my choice uh to to have a a safe inner well-being right yeah well i think like the quote it's something along the lines of like everything can be taken from you except man's one thing which is the ability to choose yes and it's I mean, it's so powerful and it's so simple. <sighs> it's um, so, but yeah, yeah. he says. I think he, I recall he was one thing he that drove him later in the story was he decided that he was going to rewrite the entire manuscript. Yes, and he said, you know, even if everything else is gone, when I get back, that is what I'm going to do. Right, right. And he did. Yes, and he went on to having like a thriving. He was a psychiatry practice. What did he come to the U.S.? He did come to the U.S. and he was at the University of Washington, if I recall, Washington State. Uh, yes, okay. state. He he started something known as logotherapy, which yes. focuses again on the whole concept being you know that you you go through this suffering and through that you you find meaning and and again this idea that you don't let something like that define you because mm-hmm. you have a choice on how to to view it. Is logotherapy still used within psychiatry? I, uh, to be honest, I it's not something I was really trained in. It's something I've looked into through him. Mm-hmm. I do tend to practice more through humanistic theories, which I feel like logotherapy falls into that, um, or the the newer term that has come out as positive psychology, which I use as well, um, focusing more on the positive because in medicine, we tend to focus on negative. This is wrong. This is broken. This is not right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the idea of looking at, at hope and resilience and healing. Yeah. Um, which is actually something that I am looking into uh, creating research <laughs> around, uh, looking at using, you know, more humanistic uh, concepts and positive psychology and I'll, I'll throw some logotherapy in there and, and working with traumatic brain injury individuals yeah wow well it's it's, it's impacted yeah it's impacted so much about your life and yeah and your work as well yeah and I mean going going to the the nonfiction. I do I know we had talked about that I, I love a good nonfiction book mm-hmm. and I find myself that when I'm feeling down or uh just like losing hope i will go online i will find myself a really great quote um i think you and i are so similar yeah. in so many different ways and that's something i do too yeah like i'm always like defining my day what's my quote of the day yes and it yes. sets me going in the right direction though. oh slay your day oh. <laughs> yes honey or rosé all day rosé all day <laughs> uh yeah i mean but like with that um one thing I was going to say is, is Viktor Frankl's quotes are all over the place. One mm-hmm. of my favorites is um, 
When you cannot change the situation, you are challenged to change yourself. Okay. When you cannot change the situation, you are challenged to change yourself. Well, that's hard. Very hard. Let me tell you, people do not like change. No, they don't, especially when they got to change themselves. And we're so, I don't know how to say, I mean, living in the United States, I mean, we're so blessed in the things that we don't have to deal with. Absolutely. Um, And so, I mean, I think people just get set in their habits and they're like, this is the way it's always going to be. And I mean, you know, that was something really hard when we went through covid because i definitely one of my biggest struggles is i just had so much going on all the time and so when everything stops and all my events and plans yeah uh all my plans got canceled and i I mean and then i had to change and i just remember and i'm you know i'm spiritual i'm not extremely religious but there is you know, quote from the Bible or it's, um, you know, don't build your hand, your house on sinking sand, mm-hmm. build it, build it on a rock. And I thought, well, gosh, how much of like my life did I have built up on sand thinking that it would just, you know, last forever and be that way? Oh, sure. Um, I mean, I that know, is... that's, that's how it relates. That's how I am connecting to that. Absolutely. I mean, that's a great point. And, uh, I think now is a good time to segue into one thing I was going to talk about. Mm -hmm. I've already provided one quote. You've provided a quote. Uh, This book gets noted in so many other books out there. Mm -hmm. If you have not read this book, I still guarantee that you have found a quote in another book or it mentioned in another book. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just looking at the back and they listed a few. But off the top of my head, one place that it is quoted is in the current nonfiction I am listening to on Audible. <gasps> yes. Called 4,000 Weeks uh, Time yeah. Management for Mortals. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, I read that, I think, at the beginning of this year. And it's, I mean, it's, it's a wonderful book. What do you, you're reading it right now. What do you think? I'm mesmerized. It, it's. It's one of these things that brings, it almost brings me to tears listening to it because mm-hmm. we look at, uh, I guess you could explain more where the idea comes from or where the title comes from okay, before yes. I go on. So I, um, 4,000 weeks is, I think it's the average human lifespan. Yes. I look, it's not like 80, you think it would be 80 years, yeah. but it's actually something like 76 or 78, uh-huh. whatever the average uh-huh. lifespan is right now. And um, so basically it's you've only got 4,000 weeks and people always he says in the book um you know when he asked people how how many weeks is the average human life people will be like I don't know like a hundred thousand yeah yeah and so we always we have this inclination as humans as mortals to think that we have so much time and we can squeeze in so many Uh things into our life and the truth is you have a very limited amount of time on this earth and Uh so it's important to use what you have to yes. you know uh, to to do what you want to do and to make a difference and to do what you think is important so sorry did i so, steal your no thunder? you didn't <laughs> uh, that's very very well said i mean it's interesting because again this falls a lot into and you thank you by the way margaret howard is the one that recommended this book and i'm now going to be hosting our next book club yes in january 2020 shout out to your book club <laughs> 
it's a actually a wine club with a reading problem. <laughs> but uh, we we always yes. get through some. Good and you've stuff. invited me, so I if, have. if the wonderful people of your neighborhood are open to having a guest, I will be glad to come. Absolutely, yes. it's it's gonna be amazing. I'm I'm so looking forward to mm-hmm. it. Um, but listening to that book. Which I'm, I, I'm, I have never gone through fast, so fast through a book. I'm loving this. Yeah. Listening to it every chance I can and already thinking I'm going to have to listen to it one more time. Yeah. Because it's so powerful. Um, but it lines up with a lot of my life philosophy and a lot of what I actually speak with patients about. And I talk about it in terms of energy versus time. But you have a finite amount of energy. And I, you can't see me, but I am holding my hands like a cup because I said, you've got a cup. You got to think about this cup of energy. Where are you going to pour your energy into? And what's going to replenish that energy? Mm-hmm. And it's something that we so often don't do. We don't do stuff for us. We do stuff we think other people want us to do. That's our biggest issue right. for so many of us. Right. Um, but then when you realize, because we, and I think some of that comes from, oh, I have an infinite amount of energy, an infinite amount infinite amount of time Mm -hmm. but when you actually come down to it and it's like no i only have this many right you may have heard of the spoons theories another one i like the spoons theories the spoons theory is you have like a certain amount of spoons and you got to give a spoon away for each thing you're doing okay and it's it's taking so um so again i like to go back to the cup (laughs) <laughs> all my patients know this then even some of my patients are like i quoted your cup there i was like i didn't don't don't own that but uh-huh. uh but it it makes some of the bigger changes you have to make uh do in your life like worthwhile so for me i mean my two biggest changes no doubt it, it would be in the past three and a half years during covid time uh, i went through a divorce very challenging um you know there there were certain things that i realized i do not want to live the rest of my finite life not being respected or or being with somebody that is an equal partner Mm -hmm. um you know and i also want to to lead as a good example for my girls and since that, I think it's fair to say you can <laughs> I, agree I, as my best friend <laughs> yeah, here. Listeners, uh, I, I was with her on during this divorce yeah. journey. So yes, it was very trying. It was very trying. It was it was awful. I would never wish it upon anyone. Mm-hmm. Just like a car accident. Yeah. Again, I think going back to my car accident, I'm like, you know, I've been through worse. I've been through harder things. I've been through things, and 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 knowing that. And I can do this alone, and I and I am whole mm-hmm. on my own. Yes. Um, well, I told you yesterday you got to listen to Taylor. You're on your own, kid. That's right. Shout out to Taylor Swift. Uh. <laughs> Any Swifties in the house? <laughs> I think if you listen to this podcast, you like just have to accept that I will probably quote Taylor every. <laughs> I hope you do. I, you know, that's how I feel with Victor. I quote him in every presentation that I give. Good. Good. Well, him. I. Yeah, Taylor Taylor's Smith, up there. Frankel, <laughs> Victor Frankel. Yeah. Well, I mean, I the thing is, I mean, she's just written so much music. It's she's she's, she's got a song for everything. She does. Um, she does. But yeah, you uh you're on your own kid. You can face this, but um yeah. That's right. That's right. But uh, me that. but through all of that, I think I am because I had that choice because I made that choice even though it was not an easy choice. Mm-hmm. I'm happier for it. I'm, yeah. I'm, 
finding more joy. I have more energy to put into things that I want to put into things. Right. And I don't feel tied down. Right. Uh, and I have people tell me, you look happier. You look brighter. And, and I am. Good. Um, and then the second big change that has been more recent, but was also challenging in its own ways, was uh, closing my private practice and taking a position with the VA. Mm-hmm. I am not endorsing the VA, by the way. But... <laughs> They are your employer. They are my employer. It was a great decision. I've only been there two weeks, but I already feel uh, a weight lifted because I realized that I was pouring so much energy and and it was being sucked from me in terms of administrative duties, managing people, billing, insurance. Um, And I was really struggling with that because... I I went to school to to be a doctor to uh, to practice medicine to be a great clinician to teach to do research and I I wasn't having time for any of that. Mm-hmm. Well, and it was I mean it was a pretty bold decision for you to close your practice, but I yeah. think I think you are right, and I mean. We don't have to go into the ins and outs of why <laughs> yeah. some of this, but you know, some of your practice was someone else's plan for right. your life, and that person is your ex-husband. Who, you <laughs> spoiler know, alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> and you know, shout out to him. This isn't you know any dig on him, but it no. was that was sort of his right. plan that you guys would do this together. And right. so, when your marriage ended and you were left holding the bag of the practice, basically, yeah. You know, you held it for a few years, but I think a lot, like you're saying, like the administrative stuff, that yeah. was not your wheelhouse, right? No. Well, it's it's also not what I want. It's like, I can do it. I mean, anybody can do it. It's like, do you want to do it? Is right. this where I want to be pouring my energy? Yeah. And it's, in, no, it's interesting you bring that up because it's, um, I, it took a minute where I realized like, actually somebody was like, I was getting so frustrated with things and then. I was like, I just, I don't want to do this anymore. And this person that I, I was close to said to me, but this is your dream. And I just snapped. I said, this was never my dream. Uh-huh. And when I said that out loud, I recognized that. And, right. and this person, he was like, oh my God, I had no idea. I always thought this is what you wanted right. to do. Right. And I realized I'm doing this for someone else, but I have a choice in this. Mm-hmm. And, and I have a voice and, and I can use that voice to make my choice. Dr. Seuss (laughs) coming in hot. I love it. Yes. So, well, yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, it was, you know, you did, I'm very proud of you. That was a hard, that was a hard thing to do. And I mean, you did, you did love a lot of aspects of your practice for sure. Absolutely. Um, I mean, number one would be the people that I got to connect with were unbelievable. Our our community is, is such a beautiful place. Yeah. So many wonderful people. Um, but I also appreciate that this was put in my life for a reason, that mm-hmm. uh, I got some amazing opportunities through it. Yeah. And, and I feel very fortunate to to have done it. But at the end of the day, um, I realized, you know, would working this hard, making X amount of money really make me happy or would having some sanity and peace of mind Mm -hmm. when we say it like that i think we right it's very clear it's clear but so many Mm -hmm. of us don't don't go that way we think if i can hit this number if i can be this person this public figure and um something yeah absolutely so yeah well very proud of you good job thanks 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 um i i did want to bring up and I think I already said this to you um, 
But I recently read, going back to the book and talking about choice, and I read the Britney Spears memoir. It's next on my Audible. And it, everybody asks, well, what is it like? And everybody wants like the juicy gossip parts of it, which honestly, it's like, it's fine. It is interesting because you and I are both elder millennials right <laughs> oh god <laughs> did you just use the word elder well, they golly it's better than geriatric that's what some people call it <laughs> no i know but in, but we were Britney spears was our was my girl i don't know you and i weren't friends at that time but we we were kindred spirits we just yes, didn't know it yet we didn't know it um oh yeah of course who didn't love Britney? right i mean i got my belly button pierced for her <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. So embarrassing. I, I've never gotten a tattoo. But, like, I, I have. <laughs> when the Lucky when Lucky came out, I was uh-huh. like, I want to get Lucky. I was going to get it, like, on my hip bone, like, tattooed on there. And, oh, my God. I'm so – that would have been so embarrassing. I was about to say, there's still time to do it. Oh, my God. <laughs> More tattoo parlors per capita here in Richmond, Virginia. <laughs> I think let's I'm go. good. I think I'm good. But <laughs> let's, go. let's go. Let's go. Let's change this podcast from drinking in the library to inking, inking. in the library. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, just to take a totally different direction. But yeah, so anyway, going back to the memoir, I mean, like when people ask me, what is it like? It's just, it's so sad because what they did take away from her her ability to choose i mean she was basically i mean i hate to use the word slave because obviously slave for you is a banger i don't want to mess up that memory but um she was a slave to her family and they chose they even like she wasn't allowed to choose what she was going to eat she's like i'm the most one of the most well known women in the world and i wasn't allowed to choose to eat french fries oh my god and i mean they and they would make her work and she would work thinking that at the end of it she was going to take a break with her sons and they would say nope we canceled your vacation you've got to go back on tour i mean it is it is like that level and so anyway i read it and it actually reminded me of a little bit of man's search for meaning and just like even though you know clearly britney spears journey while horrible isn't comparable to like losing your entire family in the holocaust right but it's still it's like the same thing where yeah you can say like oh she's made she's so famous and she's made so much money Mm -hmm. but if like they took all that from her i mean it's the same thing for your soul right right that's what we're getting at here Correct. So anyway, I I did want to mention so that as a as a tie in. If you just like want to be really sad, read this book and then read the Britney Spears memoir, and it will just like you know break you right open. So, but then read Four Thousand Weeks yes. to lift you up a bit because <laughs> mm-hmm. going back to that, when they they bring up he brings up Victor Frankel and Man's Search for Meaning uh-huh. and talks about the premise, right. And says, you you have a choice on your inner workings. He, I believe he says something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's talking about social media. Do you remember this, I don't. I don't quite remember this because like it's been a minute. He ties it in, which I found so fascinating. And when you brought up COVID, I thought, well, so many of us just 
were so isolated and resorted to social media, mm-hmm. which there's lots of back and forths, pros and cons there. Um, 4,000 weeks, though, is so fascinating because he talks about how we actually are just like built so that we don't have choice over our attention and the people that build things like Facebook mm-hmm. and whatnot know that. And so they put these like things, these ads constantly going or new things and change political views and, and all sorts of other things. Yeah. Uh, but his argument is actually, you you know, you do have a choice. Look at what Viktor Frankl did, like talking about attention. It's just being aware of that because the people that say, oh, Facebook doesn't phase me or I'm fine. No, you've actually become less empathic and like more like a drone. Yeah. Um, just doom scrolling. I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't find, I don't find it such an issue personally. As, uh-huh. I mean, I've definitely like gotten it into oh, it, yeah. but I think, um, yeah, I, I guess at some point I made a conscious choice to be less into like just scrolling through Instagram or right. being on Facebook. I usually Facebook just is literally just so I know what's going on in my neighborhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, or Facebook marketplace is a, a very good resource. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's something we're seeing now is social right. media. You're not a big social media gal. <sighs> I could have told you I was off social media up until a year ago. And I'll be honest with you, I'm glad that I got back in, though I have to Mm -hmm. be very cautious with it. I don't Mm -hmm. get on for very long periods of time, but it has allowed me to connect with my neighborhood. Right. Connect with uh, different family members and friends across the nation. Uh, I I guess across the world, really. Uh Uh, And that has been, that that networking and connectedness is really what I value. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the, that's what it's supposed to be, right? Sure. It's supposed to be about making connections. Yeah. But I feel like it makes us more divided in so many different ways. So Agreed. Agreed. I'm, I'm trying to use it for the good. Same with Instagram. I make sure I only have healthy things or people that I'm following. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you can really get warped in. So, but you're liking sort of being back on, but you have to be limited about it. I'm very limited about it. There are certainly pros to it. I was I was pretty anti because we've just seen a rise and and um, actually really youth suicides I because know. of social media. And it, and that is scary because I think about myself as a child. I was shy. Mm-hmm. I was slow to warm. I was scared. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I definitely as a psychiatrist as most of us do have have self-diagnosed myself but I I definitely think I probably had a social anxiety Mm -hmm. that was just never quite identified in that way and going back to my house was refuge in a sense Uh, this was a safe place for me Mm -hmm. the idea that you are always on that when you get home that you still have connections with people that's so scary yeah it is scary. And, you know, you and I both have girls, yes. young girls. And it's yes. already, I don't know if you've seen it, but I mean, my daughter is, she's aware of like what Facebook and Instagram is. Yeah. And she, um, <laughs> I posted something like it was like a holiday picture and it was of her. Um, and I was like, oh, look how cute this picture is. And she goes, how many likes did it get? Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, how do you even know what that is? And I even have mine set to like, it doesn't show me how many likes I get 
for something did you know you can change that setting no because that was something that that i noticed i would be like oh i only got x amount of likes and like whatever number i say yeah yeah whatever number i say someone's gonna be like that's pathetic and someone else is gonna be like oh i don't get that many right you know so it's like whatever it is to your brain it doesn't really matter what the number is but so i turned off that setting so it just shows me that i got it's like you know some smart so but there's okay. but that was that was something for me with social media that's very <laughs> interesting uh hearing you say that it reminds me of a presentation that i got to to see back in what was that spring 2021 or no 2022 i guess so this mm-hmm. is when i was president of the psychiatric society of virginia mm-hmm. shout out shout out to psv <laughs> um but during that time when you're president-elect and then when you become president you get to create the conferences which is pretty cool because you get to choose what you would find interesting mm-hmm. And so I did a conference all on integrative psychiatry, looking at alternative options besides medication. Mm -hmm. And one of the people that came to speak is a psychologist that really focuses on meditation and mindfulness. And he had a whole slide about the harms of social media and how this actually pulls us away from mindfulness. I thought it was very interesting, and I know there's literature around this. He referred to social media, specifically Facebook, as a pseudo-reality, right? And we think about that even, like, we all do it. Like, they're marketing to us. We we are the the customers we're the object even though it's free right everything is is being prone to us and even like your friends like people don't put things out there like i had a really crappy day no like my life is perfect right this is what things look like here's our here's another picture of my you know picture perfect nuclear family of Right, yeah. and we never have a problem. And all of our no. room, my kid makes her bed every day. Yeah. You, I don't even have to ask her. Yeah, and, and then, <laughs> you know, the keeping up with the Joneses, this mm-hmm. this sort of way that I think some of our society was built Yeah, um, in comparison. It's just, it becomes so dangerous, and that can just uh, further deepen depression. Yeah. And anxiety for so many. <sighs> it's such, it's, I, there's a lot of questions of what the future Oh, looks yeah. like with this with the when the generations come up i mean i know i mean i mean even i think the big question is the people that have like made their children like internet celebrities though those children are starting to become teenagers and young adults and well, i'm wondering what hey, what they're going to say about it they need to read a page from britney's memoir yes that's scary. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, so um, well, we're having great convo. Um, always, always. Always. But let's let my last question um, okay. is who would you recommend this book to? Anyone, any Anyone. living, breathing person. <laughs> I mean, you know, my big thing is on resilience. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I feel like that was ob- that was very much the theme here. Right. Um, but I feel like this is a good, a good read, a good thing to have on your bookshelf, mm-hmm. because when you are in those times of despair or, or just feeling like you can't continue, right? Which we all go through, regardless of what our Absolutely. Instagram feeds. Like. <laughs> yes, no matter what social media tells you. Yes, we all get 
bad days for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. And worse. But yeah, so sorry to interrupt you. Oh, you're fine. But but this is just a, a good go-to. Um, you know, I've mm-hmm. been able to pick this up once or twice and say, okay, this is uh, this is so powerful and it has helped me through, but also being able to pass it on to another person. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that the power of of our own narratives and sharing our stories is unbelievable. So so speaking of PSV again, I just did a presentation on resilience and trauma um, from a TBI perspective. TBI, traumatic brain injury. Thank you, TBI, traumatic brain injury. Mm-hmm. PSV, Psychiatric Society of Virginia. <laughs> Love our acronyms. I know. <laughs> uh, but, but during that presentation, we talked about Brene Brown, who mm-hmm. has really stepped out as a social psychologist and said, and we can give shout out to some of her books, but but really said, You've got to get your story out there. You've got to expose it. Be vulnerable to, to go forth. Absolutely. Well, I love that. I mean, that's what this podcast is about, is to not just connect about books, but connect with how they influence our lives and our stories. So, and I think that you've really like shown that today and just been so open mm-hmm. and I appreciate you you know, coming on here and taking the time, one, <laughs> and, um, you know, just telling the world who you are. Well, thank you. Yes. So anyway, I love you. Love you too. All right. All right. We'll wrap it up. Bye. Bye. Thank you for spending some time with me and my guest for an episode of Drinks in the Library. For more information about the show, you can find us on Instagram at Drinks in the Library on the World Wide Web, drinksinthelibrary.com, or shoot me an email at drinkspod at gmail.com. Until next time, cheers.